0: Holden, my friend, how are we doing today?
1: Doing well, Michael. Good to see you.
0: It's good to be seen, Holden. It's good to be seen. So today <laughs> is uh, today is Wednesday, November 3rd, and we are talking about the new MacBook Pro, the new M1 Pro and M1X. What a horrible naming scheme. I think we'll just start there. <laughs> I mean, I think they really have it in for people like you and me who talk about these products every day, and it's just kind of like a, a word jumble of trying to get it out. M1 Max Pro, M1 Pro... Pro Max? I mean, MacBook Pro Max? Uh, It's a total
1: mouthful. It's a total mouthful. Here's the question, too. Where do they go from here? What are they going to do for the Mac Pro? Not the iMac Pro, the Mac Pro. Because they've already said Max. What's bigger than Max? They could do like M1 Infinite or Infinity or something like that, or M1 Beyond. Like, where where do they go from here? Extreme. Extreme? That'd be kind of close to Intel, though, because I think they had the Extreme.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really like a it's a marketing thing now because, you know, where before, I don't know if they really talked about maybe so prominently the processors that were in, you know, the, the previous notebooks or even the previous computers. You know, they would say, hey, this has, uh, you know, the Intel, whatever it was, you know, Ryzen or whatever it's called. I, I'm making some yeah. name up, like Ryzen Lake um, or Skylake <laughs> or Ice Lake <laughs> or whatever.
1: Oh, yeah. Those ones. I forgot about those ones. Yeah. Coffee but Lake or the, Z- one.
0: the The Xenon, right? that the, That was yeah. the... The server-grade processors that were in the Mac Pro, but now it's like that was kind of that was not necessarily at the forefront, and now they are you know very much putting this at the forefront, so that it is at the top of consumers' minds. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. it comes at the expense as that it's a total tongue twister because you're like M1 Max, M wait 16-inch MacBook Pro with M1 Max with, with M1 Max Pro. Like, what, what do you do? <laughs> you know.
1: It's it also, crazy. it makes it difficult too, because when they first announced it, my assumption was there are two chips, M1 Pro mm-hmm. and M1 Max, but really there's three chips, M1 Pro, and then two variations of the M1 Max that are named the exact same thing.
0: So you are saying that, the, well, there's the M1, which is the one that came out last year. There's yeah. the M1 Pro, which is a larger chip than that. And then there's the mm-hmm. M1 Max, which is a larger chip than that. Yep. Right. So far. So, the yes. Page.
1: Almost. Almost. There's those three chips, but the M1 Max is actually technically two different chips. There's the there's a better GPU version or something like that. Okay, um, oh, wow. it has more cores. There's like uh, I think it's like 24 cores in the oh. lower end M1 Max, and then 32 in the other one. It's not the the biggest deal in the world. I don't think it's gonna like I don't think Apple's doomed or anything. But it is a little strange. It's like okay, you have three chips, but two product name SKUs, but you technically have three SKUs for the MacBook Pro style chip the pro and the max
0: so uh what you are referring to holden is that they are doing binning on a lot of the or on on the new m1 chips and do you know what binning is i don't want to explain it if you do but
1: i haven't heard the term but i'm gonna make an assumption here is it like when they don't get a good enough yield on one chip so they Mm -hmm. say hey okay we're just gonna have this 24 core version instead of a 32 done 32 core version kind of how there's like the seven core m1 chip on the m on the macbook air You are spot
0: on correct. That was a very, that was a great deduction that you came to there. (laughs) So yeah, that that is exactly what it is. So they are doing binning on one set of of silicon to get the 14 core CPU, GPU, and I think it's seven core or maybe it's eight core version. And then on the M1 Max, they're doing the same thing there where instead of getting 16 cores, you know, uh, sorry, instead of getting 32 cores, they're doing 24 and 32, which is kind of crazy. That makes sense. Presumably that on these next round of chips, we would see probably you'd see a 64 core chip on the high end and then maybe like a 48 and a like a 54 maybe would be the um, kind of the allotment of the processors.
1: That's for the next MacBook Pro? Yeah,
0: maybe. uh, Maybe the M2. Not on the ones that we have now. But let's let's talk about this. Yeah. Let's uh not talk about the future. Let's talk about the present cuz that's where it's at. At least that's what I tell my son. Um so the, the present is a gift. Uh, the present is a gift. So quite I would say maybe not unsurprisingly maybe um just to paint the picture. So we've had the M1 MacBook Pros for just about a year and these came out in you know in typical Apple fashion they were like this is the This is the most powerful Mac we've ever made. Of course it is. You know, you don't come out with last year's technology in in a new computer. But I mean, I would say no joke. I'm using the M1 Max 32 gigs of RAM. And I didn't get the 64 because that was just like ridiculous. Ridiculous. I'm like, who would ever need that much RAM? And I got the one terabyte version. Uh, This is a really fast machine. I'm about 25 to 35 percent faster in my video editing workflows than I was previously, which is kind of insane. Kind of insane. Yeah, it, It's. It, I think insane is probably a very good way to kind of characterize it because there's no heat or very little heat coming out of this for the most part during like normal workflows. It's almost like sipping on a glass or a, a cup of tea. Like if you were English and it was tea time, <laughs> you know, you're doing it with your finger in the air. That's how much energy consumption there is on this device. Like I was able to, this is a double-edged sword. I'll just tell you that right now. I was able to use it for like an hour and a half, uh, or maybe an hour 45 minutes the other night and it used like four percent of battery just kind of surfing the internet and doing other things wow. yeah it was insane I was like oh my god this is crazy but then on the flip side of that I was editing a video yesterday and I killed the battery in three and a half hours I'm like oh my god that's like I didn't know what to expect and you know I had a drive plugged into my computer so it was it was a bus power drive so it was taking uh you know energy off that or taking battery off that so I was a little bit surprised but still I mean, it's much better in terms of performance than the M1 MacBook was, and it's much better in terms of battery life than the the old Intel chips. So everyone who had an Intel chip, you know, they had a, you know, 2016, 2017, 2019 MacBook Pro, the ones that were like stovetops, where they were basically just, you know, you'd, you could fry an egg on them. They were so hot. They they <laughs> bought them like it's cakes because those people have been, you know, using old computers for a long time. But it's, it's quite impressive.
1: Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to see one in in person yet. I've just been kind of seeing people's responses online and that kind of stuff, but it really seems like almost like a perfect laptop. Like even the three and a half hour battery life when you were editing video, I don't even think that's that bad because like what scenarios are you going to be away from a outlet for three and a half hours, but you're also going to be editing for three and a half hours straight. Like I don't think that's going to happen often enough that like it's going to be a hindrance. It's also still better than the previous Max, I I imagine.
0: I mean, what what you're saying is completely true, right? Like, you know, when will I ever be in a position where I have to edit video for three and a half hours, I'm not near a plug for three and a half hours, and my battery would die, which is, I mean, I think by itself, if you think about that I'm editing 4K footage on my computer in three and a half hours, like, this machine, it's kind of mind-blowing in the fact that this does not make your workflow any easier, it makes your workflow run faster, if that makes sense. like. This doesn't make me a better editor, but it makes me editing move much quicker because like the moving between not just the files that are uh, you know the clips that I'm using, but also the effects and color grading. This thing is insane. I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I like I couldn't believe how fast it was when I was putting like adjustment layers which are like kind of like filters more or less on my clips. Uh, it was just like applying the color, applying the you know the transition, applying the effect. I'm like, "Oh my god, that's crazy." And I was really surprised at that. I'm like, Oh, this is really nice. I like this. This is cool. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, well, do I really need 32 or could I get 64? And then I'm like, no, I'm not going to get 64 because it's like a six week wait time to order a new computer. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. But in all honesty, that computer, just like from a performance perspective is quite, uh, is quite good. I-, I like it. It's, it's got my stamp of approval. I think it's, I think
1: it's pretty mind blowing. Did you see the uh, video Marquez Brownlee posted on Twitter? It's like a minute and a half of like him showing editing on the MacBook Pro. I did not know. What did, can you summarize? Yeah, basically what he did is he just he had 8K footage from yep. when it's raw red, yep. and it's an important to note this is not ProRes because ProRes will run smoother yes. than other codecs. So it's it's not ProRes. It's it's Red Raw, and he just literally drags a new filter on top of the entire timeline and changes the filter and then you can start the video again and there's no delay there's no pause there's no break there's nothing there's nothing at all it's just like all totally seamless there wasn't even a delay when you hit the space bar to like play the video like it didn't it, it's almost as if it didn't have to process anything and then the fans didn't kick on at all it was dead silent the whole time like it was just it's impressive it is very impressive
0: i mean so like the the work that the pro workflow team That's like the team that, you know, they look at all the workflows that people have that are using their pro apps and they they obviously have to try and optimize them for them, optimize for the workflow, sorry, on that new hardware. It's insane because, you know, their target market or the target market is people like Marquez who's shooting in 8K, you know, red files where they've had these computers for, you know, or they've been editing on Mac Pros for the past two years and they're trying to figure out how do I optimize this new portable piece of machinery, this portable computer to function as or function like this big desktop that, you know, that people have had for two years. And the work that they've done is quite amazing because obviously 8K footage is double the resolution of 4K footage and red raw footage is much less digestible than ProRes, like you mentioned. So the work that they've done is is pretty crazy. And I think it's a testament to just how, I think how serious Apple feels about the Mac with professionals. So I, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's actually really cool. Like when you, as soon as you get to see one and go to a store, you'll be like, holy cow, it's snappy. And that's just the yeah. internal part of it. Like there's the experience part of it, which you're like, like promotion, the display, all that is just top notch to save a bad
1: pun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try to get a notch pun in there so we can transition yeah. to the notch. <laughs> yeah, which which we can. We can talk about the notch. I think
0: for someone who, like, if you bought a computer last year, like, it's clear that the computers that came out last year were not aimed at professionals. But people bought them as stopgaps to their workflows, right? Because, you know, they had a computer that was X years old and it just wasn't cutting it, and they bought that. And so now they have to figure out what to do with this. For me, this is a a no-brainer to sell my old computer and, and keep using this because it is fast. Like, it really, really is a a booster or an accelerant to my workflow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And even though the M1 was still an improvement for you, Mm -hmm. this is the computer designed for what you use computers for. So it definitely makes more sense to have a MacBook Pro.
0: Totally. The one thing that, you know, personally, just from a, if I'm just looking at the computer by itself, I think the 16 inch is too big for me, but I don't want to take 14 inch because of the, what I would be perceived as the kind of thermal limitations of it. I'm okay with using Mm -hmm. a 16 inch and just not liking the size of it, but it is, it's a big computer. It's beefy for sure. It's beefcake. Yeah. It's thick with two C's. (laughs) Thick with two C's for sure.
1: I feel like the design from the pictures I've seen, the design feels very different than other Apple products that I've seen before. It has almost like a more industrial design. Do you feel that when it's in person with you or does it still just have that reminiscent of, of old Apple design?
0: It feels completely different than the previous generation of MacBooks, like, you know, the I mean, you have a 2015, I think, right?
1: Uh, I have a 2017.
0: Oh, 20, 2017. Okay. So you have the the, the previous generation. That is yep. more like soft edges, rounded. And mm-hmm. what I would equate it to is that the 2016 and the 2017, and the 2019 MacBook Pros had the same design inspiration or seem to have the same design inspiration as the iPhone did and the iPad, where this yeah. shares the same design inspiration as the new iPhone and the new iPad. It's very industrial. It's very flat. When you look at it, they, they hide some of the edges in some kind of unique ways, but it's, it's very industrial feeling to, to me, or I think industrial is the right way to kind of phrase it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I saw a top view of the prior model and the, the new model. And it even like just from a top view, it feels like the corners are rounded differently. And yeah. even the screen is rounded now, which I love. I love the rounded screen on the iPhone and the Apple watch. I don't have an iPad that has one, but I appreciate that rounded corner.
0: I mean, the edges, everything. I mean, it's if if you look at your the design of the iPhone, I'm holding up my iPhone 13 to the camera, like it looks just like this. It's the rounded edges along the side and the flat edges in the, and everywhere else, where on the old generation MacBooks, they're kind of like, not waterfall, but they kind of like fell over, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's not unwelcome. I think it's very cool looking. The one thing that I maybe... Or maybe the second thing I don't like is where I, I get these these marks in my wrist from like holding my wrist against the against the side of it. Oh, really? You know, is where, it like where,
1: sharper almost? I'm touching it right now, rubbing my finger against it. I'm like, is it sharp? I'm doing the same thing on mine. Mine feels pretty smooth, but I also have a computer that's a few years old now. So, so it might have gotten worn down over over the years. Like, like you, you
0: have sandpaper on the inside of your wrists, and you're like, yes, sanding. <laughs> yeah, this I just down. like
1: go like this on my desk all the time, and just like rub my wrists against it. Yeah,
0: I would say for for me, it's it's definitely different than the MacBook Pro from last year feels, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like the the edges of it, and maybe because the edges are so, or the palm rest between where the computer starts and where the keyboard starts, you know, I'm talking about that area, mm-hmm. is so big in comparison to the previous or to the 13 inch MacBook Pro where. It's almost like I have to lay my whole wrist on top of it, where before I might have just got like the top of my hand because that area is much smaller. Does that
1: make sense? Like the the yeah, actual does. surface does, yeah. area. Okay. Good. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering actually, this is because I'm I'm hearing you say that, and then I'm looking at my my MacBook Pro, and there actually is a pretty big gap between the Touch Bar and where the display hinges. Is that reduced on the MacBook the new one? Because my thought is maybe,
0: yeah. It's about maybe one digit the... from my pinky, from my nail to my first
1: digit. I feels like it's probably about the same then actually. Yeah. Huh, I wonder what causes that. Did it get taller maybe because the screen is just a little bit bigger? But it's the same like size roughly.
0: Yeah, it's, it, so I saw a video, I think it was MaxTech that did it, where they they did the measurements and they, they basically took each computer, the you know, your model and then this model and they laid them next to each other and it looks like there's a little bit of visual difference or it looks like there's a little bit of difference. Then they put them on, you know, back to back and then front to front. And there's really only a difference when you look at the bottom of it where instead of being kind of rounded on the generation that you have, this is more squared off. But there's not a tremendous amount of difference he didn't you know but the one thing he didn't do is he didn't measure it to see the actual thickness of it
1: i think the new one's thicker i think at least
0: yeah unfortunately i don't know that it looks thicker. i don't have a 16-inch macbook pro to compare it against from uh, the last generation but i know it sure is quieter that's for sure yeah sure is quiet i haven't heard the fans go on i think maybe at all i like the other night i was in here i'm like are those the fans I was like all like surprised. I'm like, oh no, that's my air conditioning. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not it. That's the air conditioning outside. I'm like, oh they're... I'm like listening to it like real like covertly, like put my ear next
1: to it. I'm like, are those the fans going on? <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, it's not. That's something else in the other room. Someone's like flushing their toilet on the other side of the house. <laughs> Compared to my 2017, where like I updated it last night and it just yeah. like the fans were roaring because of the update. I'm like, really? Yeah. Really? really, Intel? Now I wonder if some of that is maybe like uh, Apple, like
0: just shitting on Intel, saying you know what? Anytime that you <laughs> want, we're gonna do something now. Intel with your computers, we're just gonna crank uh, you know crank up the fans so everyone thinks that your computers are yeah. or that your spinning beach
1: ball like comes back like twice as often.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That is funny. But uh, I mean, holding. I mean, it's a beast. It's a beast for sure. I am very surprised on the performance. I mean, when you think about like twenty or twenty five percent. Like, it doesn't sound like a lot, but then you're like, oh my gosh, that just saved like minutes off whatever I was doing. And it's not just like, I, again, I didn't watch the video that you're referring to with Marquez, but like, it's not about, you know, that you save one minute on one thing and that's really the end of your day. It's the fact that there are these like time savers on all these different tasks that you do throughout the day and you're able to do more, right? Or do what you were doing in a short amount of time where it used to take me like, like just in terms of hours, like 12 Maybe 12 hours to edit a video, like not in like a, continue, a contiguous block, but just 12 hours sort of course of a few days. I was able to edit a video in like four hours. I'm like, oh my God, this is like, it was amazing to me because it was just so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. I am impressed. I'm a fan, but not like a spinning fan, like on your computer.
1: <laughs> Which is now <laughs> running on my computer. So how's, how's the notch? It didn't bother me when I first saw it, but it seems like there's been some controversy around this that is legitimate. And I was kind of curious here. Your take on the notch so regarding your question for the notch the notch to
0: me is not a big deal like it's like when you start using your iPhone you know you might notice it for the first few you know days minutes maybe but it's almost kind of like fading into the background I don't necessarily think it's a, a big deal what I think is that and it's not you know not nothing about face ID but what I think is that if, if you had a smaller notch it would look really strange like it would look like kind of unbalanced because the mm-hmm. screen is so big and something small wouldn't kind of like lay right or yeah. wouldn't have a good proportions. But I don't mind it. it. It doesn't necessarily, like some people really got their their pennies in a bunch, so to speak. I don't know if that's the right phrase I would wanna use, but some people really got upset around this. And I was like, why, what's the big deal? Like, in, I guess in, in my kind of estimation, If this is a consumer laptop, it's okay, then I can maybe understand why you should be upset. But it's not really a consumer laptop, it's not aimed towards people who are sitting there checking email, and people who are really buying this to check email, this is not your machine, this is not what you should be buying. This is really built for someone who has a very kind of specific or intense workflow for doing something over and over and over again, and I don't mean like checking Excel. It's not a big deal to me. And I think probably even most people, like. Maybe not most. But I'd say a portion of people who are using this computer or will be using it maybe in clamshell mode with it in a, you know, on a desk like uh, in, in desktop setup, not necessarily you know again on their couch checking email.
1: Yeah, from from an aesthetic standpoint, I definitely agree that like it, it doesn't matter. Like I I was someone who when the iPhone 10 was announced. I was screaming from the rooftops about how horrible the notch was. I can't believe Apple did yeah. this, yada, yada. I was one of those people. And then I got an iPhone XR the next year, and I don't even think about the notch. It's like not even a thing. The one legitimate thing I think is worth bringing up is for certain pro users who use certain apps that have a ton of mini bar items that are literally blocked by the notch. I do think that needs to get worked out. And I think mm-hmm. it will. I'm honestly surprised yeah. it wasn't worked out already, To be to be totally frank. I don't think that's personally going to impact me. I don't have, I don't use apps that have huge menu bars, but um, I think for those people, I can see that being very frustrating.
0: So just to make sure that I understand, the menu bar is on the top left-hand side, correct? Yes. Okay. And then what's the one on the top right-hand side? Where is that the Status bar, I think. Status bar, thank you. Okay. So it does not, like right now I'm in full screen. I have Safari. Uh, Safari only has like five tabs. But what I thought happened was, I thought the your cursor was supposed to go around the notch. Like if you go, went right through it, it would not go through it. You know what I mean? Kind of it make, does. Make, uh,
1: well, it, mine goes directly through
0: it. Maybe that's just the way that Safari is updated.
1: It was um, what's his name? Is it Snazzy Labs? Yeah, Quinn. Quinn. Yeah, he um posted a video where the menu bar extended to underneath the notch, and then he was able to like put his mouse under the the notch and have yeah. like a menu show up but he couldn't see what the menu option was because it was blocked by the notch. Or the menu the menu label. Um, yep. Yeah.
0: And I think that was DaVinci Resolve in his example. Like, it's... Uh, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I think that was just kind of... Um, not soapboxing, but like, just complain to complain. Like, so... He, not saying that his complaint was not real, but I think it was kind of over-exaggerated in the fact that, okay, like, you, you're using an app that hasn't been updated. Do you expect macOS to really account for every different kind of you know, every variation of someone who has menu bar apps, or do they have to then update their app to, to account for You know what I mean? Like, how do you expect the operating system to gracefully handle it? I would say that it's not graceful in handling it now, but I would, you know, yeah. it's it just seems like it's a little bit of a, a big complaint.
1: I don't think that like the, the notch is like a huge, huge, massive deal. Like, I don't think it's a, it's a detriment to the product overall. By any means. I do think that one thing they could have done to make this a lot simpler would be to have it scroll horizontally on either side of the notch. So your status bar, if you have too many status bar items, and they go off. You can scroll horizontally. If mm. you have too many many bar options, you can scroll horizontally. I think that would have been a, a good option because mm-hmm. that is something I think should be handled by the operating system as opposed to individual developers. Mm hmm. Um, I think because it's I think I think it would be cleaner that way. But I don't think it's a huge issue. I just I'm surprised that that happened at all.
0: So what I think you're referring to is like where the operating system would have some kind of behavior similar to bartender, right? Where it kind of like hides the apps or sorry, hides the menu bar items until you click on some kind of glyph or some kind of action. that then which reveals them. Does that sound right?
1: No. So think of it as. It's all scrolling. So like when you'll see file, edit, view, history, and then like bookmarks is a little cut off by the notch. But if you bring your mouse up to Mm -hmm. the menu bar and swipe to the left with two fingers, like you were scrolling on a Safari page or something like that, it would scroll and you would see the additional options that were were missing. Hmm. The same thing would work on the other side for the status bar if you have a lot of icons over there.
0: Hmm. And I feel like that
1: probably wouldn't have been that hard to implement.
0: Yeah, you, you know what? There are a couple other interesting things that which I think maybe just because of the way that like their org structure, like how things tend to be kind of not, things to be tend to be opaque to other organizations who might not be working on it. I noticed that if I connect my new iPad Pro to it, it doesn't recognize it as a Thunderbolt device. However, when I connect my, that same iPad Pro to my Mac mini, it recognizes it as a Thunderbolt device. So I think that they kind of shelter people from getting visibility to the project until, and then so like, that's why you see the, the some things work where and other things don't. So the teams that are working on these individual components or these individual software pieces don't know that the, that it was updated, and that's why it's like that way. In my example, where the t- the team that's working on the iPad Pro didn't know about the, you know this device, that's why it doesn't integrate uh, at this point. We'll see that later on in a you know a future software update. Yeah, yeah it'll does that make, make sense? Yeah, yeah it totally, all work totally. out. It, it's just it's the like the same. It, it, I guess maybe the the analogy I would use is. If you remember when the AirPods first came out, they only worked with your iPhone and they took them like two software updates for them to work with your Mac or your iPad because no one knew that mm-hmm. the people that were working on the AirPods didn't know that, uh, sorry, the teams that were working on these other products didn't know about the AirPods. It was kind of like done in a vacuum.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the main reason I wanted to just bring it up was that I feel like the, that complaint about the notch is more legitimate than any complaint about the notch on the iPhone.
0: Yeah, uh, you're right because you have you have items that live in your menu bar and in that um, the file menu bar. Uh, yeah. and I'm not saying it's not not legitimate. I think it's just maybe the way it was positioned is a little bit overblown.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. Like I said, I don't think this is like a catastrophe and like Apple's doomed or anything like that. I just thought it was worth mentioning. No, totally was. He, he I
0: watched a video and he's like, "Oh my god, how did they let this ship?" I'm like, um, like you've never worked in a giant company, <laughs> so once that happens, let me know. Yeah, I mean, other, uh, yeah, really. Like other than that, I mean, the size and weight. This is like four point eight pounds. Um, so it's definitely, uh, it's again, it's definitely a, a thick boy, and surprisingly it fits in the my bags like i i thought that would actually be a problem i thought it wasn't going to fit in the you know the backpacks or the duffel bags duffel bags i don't keep it in a duffel bag (laughs) uh the backpacks (laughs) i use but it actually does and yeah i i I actually really like it a lot the thermals like how quiet it is and you know we talked about the fans just a minute ago but i am really surprised just how quiet it is like it, it i think it can't go understated especially when you if you upgraded from a 2016, 2017, 2019 MacBook, and you're like, holy cow, this thing is like night and day quiet. Like the, the very first thing you be like, is it even running? Like, is it on? Like, oh yeah, it is on. <laughs> uh, it is that quiet. That quiet for sure. I just keep looking at the screen because the screen is so pretty. Now with the screen, I, I do want to tell you that there are some applications, native applications that don't run at the variable refresh rate. They're locked at 60 hertz. And I think
1: that- interesting
0: yeah i think that goes to what you and i just talked about so safari is updated right because safari is like the it's like one of the things that people would use the most and then notice the most right but like there are other applications where it's still running at 60 frames per second and again it's it's about that like that signing in of people who are working on the project you know where you see this and it's not like there's no developer i don't think there's developer documentation out for it yet either
1: which apps have you noticed that in
0: so it runs uh it runs smoothly or at 120 hertz inside of safari it runs that way inside of
1: podcasts podcasts is an interesting one i wouldn't have imagined that would have been a priority i think it's because it's a catalyst app oh okay that makes sense yeah
0: yeah like yeah that's it's uh, ca- uh the podcast app anything that's seemed to be had been ported over to catalyst or ported through catalyst is running at that native ref- that refresh rate of 120 hertz maybe it's more about the libraries and maybe that's why some of these apps have not been ported over yet i honestly don't know
1: did the, the pro apps support 120 hertz though like final yes. cut logic yeah I, i'd imagine they'd have to yeah okay
0: yeah those do. so i've used logic i've used final cut i haven't used Mainstage. i, I don't i don't use Mainstage at all but i would suppose that is as well because that's
1: that's a pro app
0: and compressor there's nothing well, nice to it perform
1: live on a stage you should try it out
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i was thinking about it like right now we use that But I mean, honestly, it's really kind of, I think it's hard to overstate just how significant of an update these are in comparison to the previous generation. Like once, you know, if you have an old MacBook and you go, you know, pick this up and use it, it's kind of mind blowing just how fast it is. That's my opinion. Uh, You know, I haven't finished with, you know, running a a majority of my, not majority, but i say I haven't finished running about half my test cases like what I normally do. But it's it's a very good upgrade if you have the need for it, and I think that's the thing, right? Where people, I was reading someone like reading tweets, be like, "Oh, dude, I bought the, you know, the sixty four gig, the max version of the of the max version." I guess yeah, the, the max version of the M one Max. And they're like, yeah. I'm thinking, about, like, what? I'm, like, what are you doing? I oh, am like, "Oh, nothing." Mm-hmm. Like, don't buy the machine if you're just doing nothing. I mean, if you got money to burn, I can't tell you not to do, spend it, but just seems kind of wasteful. And then plus you're making someone who might actually need the machine, right? Wait for it.
1: And also too, like, let's say that you just want the larger screen and that's like your only reason for wanting the 16 inch version. You don't, you just check email, but you want the larger screen. Why go for the max? Why go for an increase in the RAM? Like maybe storage. I can understand that. But like, you don't need any of the other improvements. Like I probably don't need 32 gigs, but when I get one, I'm going to get 32 gigs just because I want to future proof it. But yes. But I know I'm not going to be utilizing 32 gigs like anytime soon.
0: Like right now I'm running, I'm using both Ecamm, Craft, and a few other small apps. Uh, And I'm using, i sorry, I have 13 gigs free of of RAM. The RAM pressure is 11%. And the biggest thing that's using uh, RAM right now is the photo library updates.
1: When they say there's 13 gigabytes of memory available, isn't there a portion of it that's not really being used? It's just kind of being prepped so that when it is needed, it can be loaded up instantly or something like that. I remember something about them talking about that in a keynote. Yeah, so I I mean, I've never understood that, how that works. I think it was a Mac OS 11 feature. Yeah. It was a software feature that they introduced as like a performance boost. Maybe it was Mavericks?
0: I don't remember at this point. So this tells me that the the pressure is 11%, app memory 17.42 gigs, Wired 3.4 gigs, compressed like 100 megabytes, cache 9.87 megabytes, sorry, gigabytes.
1: Yeah. Maybe the cache, is that reserve? So I would assume that's reserved. because Cache wouldn't be an app. Like they would tell you what app is using up that memory, right?
0: Yeah. Like if, uh, here, I'm going to send you right now in uh, iMessage and we'll be able to better talk about it since you'll have a picture of it in front of you.
1: What app is this you're using? This is iStat Menu. Okay. So I was expecting activity monitor. I'm like, this is, did activity monitor change in, in Monterey? No. I was a little confused for a second. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about then. I don't know what the pressure is. That's what I'm confused about.
0: Uh, Mac OS pressure.
1: Uh, okay, you can see the amount
0: of system memory being used on your Mac. An activity monitor on your Mac, click memory on the t- or on the touch bar. The touch bar, RIP touch bar. <laughs> no. <laughs> to see the f- I'm a little yeah.
1: bummed about that still.
0: To see the following bottom of the window. Okay. Memory pressure graphically represents how efficiently your memory is serving your processing needs. Memory pressure is determined by the amount of free memory, swap rate, wired memory and the cache memory. To me it sounds like that 11%. That means like that 90% of my computing is sorry, 90% of my RAM is unused or 89%? I guess I don't know. Yeah. Memory used the amount of RAM being used. To the right, you can see where the memory is allocated at memory, the amount of RAM being used by apps. Okay, app memory. What well, confuses memories.
1: me about eleven percent is none of these numbers would add up to that. So, like, you have your active memory, which is thirteen point six eight gigabytes, and your free um, memory, which is thirteen point nine six gigabytes. That's that's not an eleven percent split. But even if you look at just the pressure side, it's like seventeen point four gigabytes and ten gigabytes. That's not an 11% split either, unless the wired is the 11%. I guess it had to be the wired is 11%. That would make sense. So maybe wired is what's currently being actively used. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, if we look at it, right? Because we look at the processes,
0: 2.36 plus 1.80 plus 1.37 plus 1.21. That's more than 3.4 gigs of memory. But again, maybe not all those things are in memory. Uh, Let's see here. But they could be. I mean, there's the space for it at least. Yeah. So wired memory, memory required by the system to operate. So it means it, there's currently 3.4 gigs of, mem- of RAM that's needed by the gotcha. system. This memory can't can't be cached and must stay in RAM. So it's not available for other apps. Compressed, which if you look at this image that I sent you, compressed shows that big red bar looks very big. But I guess it's actually, yeah. uh, this red bar that's here active. is active. Yeah. Compress the amount of RAM that has been compressed to make more RAM available. Cache the size of your files, cache by the system until you unused memory. Let me just pull up activity Monitor. Maybe that will be, maybe can kind I of answer all of our questions?
1: Yeah, that the wired part makes sense because like I remember when the um PlayStation came out, like the PS5 can't utilize all of the RAM for games because a portion of it has to be available for for um operating system functions. So that that yep. would make that would make sense. So maybe the eleven the percent then is just like what is being utilized by the operating system, and the other ninety percent is free for use in third-party apps. Yeah, I just sent you a different picture. I'm not a hardware person, so this is this is very much over my head.
0: Yeah. So if you look at the bottom right-hand corner, <laughs> it only
1: shows one thing in memory.
0: You know what? I was I, I had a filter on there. I was looking for some process that was running. I didn't know what it was. So it says physical memory. Oh, I, I see. Have 32, UPC. Okay. Yeah, I have 32 gigs of memory. Memory used. 22 cached files 8.56 and what they say cached files are the size of the files cached by the system into unused memory to improve performance. Until this memory is overwritten it remains cached so you can help improve performance when you reopen the app.
1: I think that's what I was referring to earlier with like the reserve yep. that's held to the side. That's probably, that's, that's what that is.
0: Yeah. So maybe, I mean I guess if if you had 64 gigs of memory, of unified memory, you would just have more things running in RAM. That yeah. seems like it would be, right? Like that's the, uh, that seems
1: like the gist of it. It would make sense because things would be more instantly accessible if they're in RAM. So yeah. that would make sense. It would definitely make the computer feel snappier. Yeah, if I close messages uh, there. Well, like snappier depending on how much you're doing.
0: Yeah, so the process that's running right now, which has taken them out the most amount of memory is Store service, which is the, uh, one of the messaging components, and then the Windows server, which is tiling of the windows they're both using about 2.31 and 2.4 gigs of ram so yeah i mean maybe just to kind of summarize that section because we just (laughs) took like seven minutes to talk about that yeah so 32 (laughs) gigs of ram is a very uh at least seems to be very efficient i don't see like i was thinking about getting the 64 gig but i'm like even though it was not that much of a monetary you know I mean, it's four hundred bucks. It's it is a lot of money, but when you're buying a computer to have four or five years, it's not necessarily a lot of money in in the you know grander context. I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I should have like, you know what? I probably will not use this, and if I try and use this, I'm gonna if or if I get if I get the sixty four gigs of RAM, I'm just gonna look for other ways to stress my machine. Where I you know I'd be then, oh my god, why'd I get this? You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's kind of yeah. like I'm then looking for trouble in that respect because <laughs> um, I have I only have sixteen gigs of RAM on my m1 macbook pro or my m1 mac mini and that that's served me well plus the ram is much much faster now so that's the good thing it's like double the bandwidth of the m1 and it certainly shows because it's zippy 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 long stocking that's a might be a show title zippy long stocking yeah so it's quite impressive holden i mean i'll be honest with you i again i'll be honest with you it's a, it's a very funny statement because it implies that I'm, not, that I'm not honest with you sometimes don't be honest so, with me
1: actually just lie yeah
0: just lie. You know what? I could take it. Just lie. <laughs> so Holden, it, it is impressive. I think that if you were thinking about, you know, someone out there who's thinking about getting this this computer and they're like, I don't know, is it going to be that much quicker? The answer is yes. It totally is going to be that much quicker. And it's significantly better than your, it's significantly better than the M1 MacBook from last year. And it's leaps and bounds bigger, better. If you have an older Mac, it's just, it's night and day. The the I guess the caveat I would say there is that you want to make sure that your apps run on it first before going to get it. If you have an older Mac, because that's the thing where, yeah, still it's kind of strangely, some apps are not supporting M1 or Apple Silicon a year later, still, which is frustrating.
1: What would you say the benefit is, though, if the Rosetta apps perform comparably? I think you, you, it's just the fact that you don't want to support, uh, maybe not support, where you,
0: as a developer, you'd want to be able to take advantage of frameworks that are running on on the hardware itself, not necessarily have to worry about, you know, adapted frameworks. So you, you might be able gotcha. to eke out more performance from your app and do different things with it as a developer and give your consumers or the people that use that app more services or better performance or whatever the case is, if it was running natively on that machine. Gotcha, okay. Does that make sense?
1: It does, yeah, because I'm realizing the comparable performance is comparable to prior generations of Macs, but yeah. it's still held back because it could reach a higher potential with the native chips. Exactly, it's like, you know,
0: drinking coffee in the morning right you could have like you, you drink decaf it's, it's it's you're still drinking coffee but it's just not really the same thing or you could drink real coffee yeah. or espresso <laughs> um,
1: the m1 I, chips I, the the caffeine of apple products
0: <laughs> yes the, the high octane caffeine or the the, yeah. the uh the energy drinks of uh, of the caffeine world maybe that's a way yeah. of saying and
1: the it. m1 max is the triple espresso shot version yes yes that is totally true
0: i'm pretty happy did your friend who was looking for one did they end up getting one you had a friend he in did Chicago? Not know he did not know yeah unfortunately now like when you if you go to look at one or if you if you want to buy one it's like f- five weeks or six weeks it's like oh it's like f- sorry, it's five sorry yeah. five to six weeks that's the that's the 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 time frame they give you because i d- i do have a little bit of storage anxiety i'm like oh my gosh i only have one terabyte i'm like (laughs) i need to get more storage it's one terabyte's too small and it's for context my final cut projects or my final cut libraries are somewhere between like 300 gigabytes and maybe 500 gigabytes so if i'm using if if i put that on my computer i'm like eating half of my storage on my one terabyte version so i have this kind of like anxiety like i don't want to do that like it's just it's me being stupid uh, about this no i totally
1: get it yeah one you know, of the like biggest it. mistakes I made in buying my MacBook Pro was I decided I don't need more than 256 gigs of storage cuz the cloud will save me and what a load that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm I want to get 2 terabytes next time so I just don't even have to think about it.
0: Yeah, because man the 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 mental bandwidth of having to manage your computer, like I didn't mm-hmm. install so I got the 1 terabyte version and I didn't install several apps that I normally would use like I didn't install any of the Adobe apps cuz I'm like Oh, these things are you know they're, they're kind of beefy they they have a big footprint when you install them they're like you know four gigs and i'm like oh, i'll just use it on my other machine but I'm like i'm going to sell my machine what am i going to do there i'm going to have to use it eventually so i'm like oh man so after i installed all my apps i got down from one terabyte to 900 gigs of storage and then i put my project on there that i was editing yesterday and that went took me from 900 to i think it was just like uh 540 maybe 540 gigs i'm like ooh. i'm like do i put this on an external drive what do i do i'm like why would i buy an external drive like i'm right now in like the sweet period or the honeymoon period of my, i could return this thing and just get a get a bigger one right like that doesn't make sense for me to go spend a few hundred dollars on an external drive when i can just literally order yeah. another one
1: i think that's worth the six week wait versus the r- additional ram oh yeah i think so too now you're gonna talk me into it damn it <laughs> <laughs> hey the storage is a big deal and you are working with some big files so i totally support this decision i'll Thank put you, it holden. this way i'm talking about getting a two terabyte for myself i don't do near the the large file work that you do on your computer so if i'm thinking like oh i think two terabytes might be good for me it's definitely you you need to go two terabytes oh my god Hold holden sorry i'm just such a bad influence I
0: just, <laughs> such a bad just influence. saying how i feel just saying how I feel so yeah I'm uh, I'm pleasantly pleasantly um I'll say pleasantly plump I'm pleasantly happy or surprised with the performance it's a good (laughs) thing it is a good thing um I'm looking at the pricing right now uh, so two terabytes December 14th through the 21st four terabytes December 14th through 21st eight terabytes oh my god that's so expensive eight terabytes, $5,699. That is someone's car. Like that's ridiculous. Oh my God. Anyway, I I don't know if you know this, but you can now buy AppleCare and pay for it yearly. Like where before, so they they made a whole bunch of structural pricing, or sorry, structural changes to AppleCare pricing, uh, AppleCare Plus pricing specifically for this. So you can pay for, I think two years upfront, or maybe it might be three years. Let's see here. I don't three years here. on a MacBook.
1: Any Mac yeah. is three years, yeah.
0: Or you can pay for it year by year, and it's like a subscription. Yep, Apple Care for That's the
1: Mac. Much better than month by month.
0: Yeah. So here, here annual Mac uh, annual coverage one forty nine a year, or three years for three ninety nine. The difference is that when you do the one forty nine, it is until canceled. It's not three years. Yeah. So you can actually keep it. I mean, you could keep it in debt for years. You would pay more, but obviously you have the benefit of
1: having AppleCare Plus for four years. Yeah, you'll end up spending more money in the three-year time frame, but for the option to go extra years, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. And I've never liked the monthly options. I like buying subscriptions annually. Yeah,
0: I think the only time I don't do that is when there is – is it when – so i like to resell my products and when I resell them I like to transfer the subscription to the new person that's kind of like the incentive I give them if you want to buy my my phone whatever the case is but there's sometimes i don't yeah. buy I, I don't buy the oh I know what it is so when i when I trade my or I do a lease program from the phone I never buy the apple care f- upfront because I know after a year I'm going to trade it into them and they're not going to give me anything for that apple care cancellation yeah right like I can't transfer to the phone company they don't care uh there's no benefit there Oh my God, $5,600. That That's so expensive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's like double the cost of... I mean, how how much is the full maxed out Pro cost? Like what percentage of the price of that computer is going to be just the hard drive? I'm, I'm curious.
0: So if you go to eight terabytes, it is $1,800. No, sorry, $2,200. For a MacBook Online. Pro 16 inch? Yeah. Yep. So wow, uh, 32 gigs with eight terabytes of storage is $6,099. I'm going to check this out right now. I know it's, it's unbelievable.
1: Oh, 5,600 with the, with the hard drive
0: for the 32 gig. Correct. If you go to the 64 gig, it is 6,099.
1: Yeah. I thought you were saying it was, um, th- that was the price for just the hard drive, which I mean, it wouldn't, oh, no. wouldn't have surprised me with solid state drives and how expensive they can get. But yeah, no, no, it's no. still like $2,200 for the eight terabyte SSD. Yeah. That's bananas. That is bananas.
0: And, you know, they're not like, it's not like a, a single eight terabyte chip. It's not even like two, four terabyte chips. It's like several 512 or several 7, 765. What's the number, the next integer up from 512? And they're all kind 10, of 10, 10, soldered together 4. on the
1: board. Say that again? 768? Yeah, 1024, then
0: 2048. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they're all like smaller. They're all smaller chips and they're just, you, you, you know, kind of being strung together through the storage controller. Mm-hmm. crazy it's
1: a lot of money i don't think i'm gonna do it um <laughs> <but> yeah <laughs> the eight terabytes i think you need to go for it michael i really think you need to get the eight terabytes <laughs> oh my god
0: yeah that's that's it's a, that's a, that's a negative ghost rider that is a negative <laughs> i don't know i guess it, you know just from your perspective what do you think about the 14 versus 16 if you you know hold in hold Pardo what would you buy?
1: I'm really caught on this right now. If I'm just looking at the MacBook Pro, at least, because I have other things I'm looking at, too, I go back and forth because I have a 15 inch right now. Yeah. I like that size. I'm used to the size. I don't think going down to 14 inch would be a big difference in screen real estate. I don't think it'd be that meaningful.
0: So you, you, your MacBook Pro, is it is it 15.2 or 15 point something? Like, is it, is it, is it, is
1: it bigger than 15 or is it just 15? Do you know? I think it's I think it's like 15.2 or something like that. But I have I have the one before they went to sixteen inches.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. So it's just this if you were to go to the 14 inch, it would be one inch smaller, which is basically a half inch on, on yeah. either side.
1: Yeah. So I mean it would be smaller for sure, but I think it'd be manageable. Yeah. I don't think it would bother me at all. I think then in 16 I get a little bit extra screen real estate, but then I also get better battery life. I'm not as yeah. worried about the thermals. The one thing though that really is pulling me towards The 16 inch is the, the fast charging through MagSafe is only available in the 16 inch model. Is it only available or it only comes with it? Oh, you know, you're right. It's, it's only available. Yeah, that's right. Which is strange to me, but that is, you know, it is what it is. And I want that feature because that's really nice. It's really, really handy.
0: Yeah, it, it is really nice. I guess depending on how you're using it, right? Like, you know, uh, like if you're connecting it to an external monitor like a, through HDMI or you're connecting it through a Thunderbolt monitor, you might necessarily use that feature very often because it's always being charged by the external display. But I totally get it, right? Having a, being able to 50% charge something in 30 minutes is like amazing. And it's it's, it's quite cool because you're like blink and it's like, oh, it's there. Like you, you get this like rush of, you know, like mm-hmm. just like energy coming through the MagSafe connection, it's like, wow. <laughs> I like <laughs> it. it.
1: I know you didn't ask this question in particular, but my big hold off right now is when well, I want to finish school, I'll get a computer after I finish school. But um, yeah. my big hold off is I want to wait to see what the 30, if whatever this 30 or bigger iMac is, that'll have the M1 Pro in it. iMac, okay. I'm still like waiting out to see that and kind of weigh up my options from from there. I'll probably still go for a laptop though, I think.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, in in the past... 18 months. Like, I don't think I've used my computer like outside of the house. Like that wasn't like at my family's house. Like I didn't, like I it wasn't like on a location shoot or I wasn't at, at my office or, and that's really why I went to a, why I went to a laptop after I graduated school. I was like, I'm never going to need a laptop. I can do everything on my iPad. And that's kind of like the, you know, the dilemma that people find themselves in after they graduate or they, after they stop doing, you know, schoolwork where you're like, oh, I don't necessarily have to keep using a computer, I can kind of downsize, uh, so to speak, and use, uh, you know, a tablet. But for someone like you, if you work in development, game development, you're always going to be on a computer, whether you're at work or maybe when you're at home. So you probably would benefit from having a desktop, especially something that's going to be more powerful than a MacBook or uh, a Mac Mini. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that that's definitely one way I'm thinking about it. The other way I'm thinking about it is like physical spaces i like to kind of treat different physical spaces for like one thing like my desk is for like working on stuff yeah not netflix not gaming like i don't do that in my office because yep. when i get down here i want to be in that mindset and a laptop kind of allows for that where I can use my lap, my Mac for more things. And then when I want to be in work mode, I go to my office when I want to be in, you know, I'm just going to be browsing the web kind of thing. I'll yeah. go up and have a little like little nook area and I'll kind of hang out in the chair over there and like a laptop will let me do that. But I can do that stuff on an iPad. Like you were just kind of saying like that stuff can all be done on an iPad. The fun stuff. See,
0: and that's how Apple gets people, you and me. I, I'm the same exact way. Like I, I have like everything is purpose built. Like I have like a certain pair of AirPods I wear for the gym and a certain pair of AirPods I might wear to go to sleep or whatever the case is, let's just say, right? And yeah. well, then you're like, well, now I need to have a different computer for this and a different computer for that. And you're like, dude, I like I, I can't have all these computers or I can't have all these things, but I, I totally get what you're saying, right? It's like, um, you know, when things are purpose-built, you kind of have, you you usually have a better experience with them because you're buying them around kind of a certain context or a certain set of activities. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I don't like to take, my, you know, my computer out of the room or, or out of where I'm at right now and, and do things with it. Though sometimes I have to, cause I just can't sit in here all day. That's just not me. But, um, yeah, I don't know, Holden. I I think, I think the iMac pro or whatever it's going to be called, whenever it comes out, like the, the aspect of conformability, like being able to take your laptop is much more appreciable when it's like, like before you used to have a desktop because you could only get that computing power in the desktop context, right? Like you could only get that when you had, you know, something that was, you know, permanently plugged into, into the wall. You couldn't get that type of performance when you had a laptop. A laptop was kind of like a trade-off uh, in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. But now you're getting desktop-like performance in this notebook with like very little trade-offs. And you're like, oh, well, do I even really need these? And I think, I think we might see like more advancements in like some kind of like maybe not docking to to say generally but like in like these computers that are that they're like they can be used in many different contexts and like maybe you could take this computer and plug it into a external GPU and a display and then you get like the same type of performance as you would get with that iMac so you it's much more Mm -hmm. um I I, I can't think of the word starts with the C right now it's on the tip of my tongue I'm getting very old um it's much more it's like components, right? Like you could take all these components and build mm-hmm. something opposed to, you know, buying one thing for only this context. God, what is that word now? It's going to escape me. I'm, it's going to drive me nuts.
1: Yeah, I don't know what it is either. But I, I know what you're saying. I get what you're saying.
0: Yeah. And that would actually be like the next, like probably like the next evolution of computing, like where you can take all these dis- different things. It's kind of like Transformers like or like Voltron, where you take like all these individual cars and you build them up and you got this big kick-ass Voltron Who's was able to do much more cooler <laughs> things when they're all together, opposed to like that, um, when opposed to like these like individual cars. What was that Samsung
1: phone, the heli, the Dex? dock? Dex. Oh, the so Dex. I, I think it, yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. But like when you the in, in my opinion, at least at this point in my life, the advantage is where you could take this and kind of go to different contexts. And you know, you're getting this insane amount of computing on your lap for what would have been A desktop computer you know Mm
1: -hmm.
0: a year ago like this this computer is outperforming the mac pro in like in almost half of the tests that people are doing with them which is crazy yeah really knocked out of the park they really knocked out of the park they not really knocked out of apple park (laughs) i don't know you want to talk about anything else with the mac pro or with the macbook pro
1: no i i think uh I think it might be the the longest we've ever talked uh, about a single subject on the subject. podcast. <laughs> I know. I think so,
0: too. I think so, too.
1: But it's an important.
0: This is an important device. It's a big deal. Yeah. Holden, where can everyone find you at?
1: I am on Twitter at Holden Depardo. Awesome.
0: Holden, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Talk about the new 2021 MacBook Pro Max
1: Pro Max, whatever it's called <laughs> now. Holden, you have a good evening. You too. Thanks for having me again, Michael. Thanks.